0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime cabrera Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have a graphic designer who transitioned into an Ishaya Monk. She is an author of Peace or Pain and Surrender is Good for the Soul. She teaches people who meditate effectively and experience peace, happiness, and freedom. Without further ado, I have Mira Ishaya.
1: Ah, Thanks, James. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. I'm really excited to have you here. And I'm really interested about the whole Ishaya monk. So why don't you tell us a little (laughs) bit about what led you from being a graphic designer to going into this field?
1: Yeah, I I think really, obviously being a monk isn't something that you ever think you would necessarily become (laughs) when (laughs) when you're young.
0: Mm. But
1: for me, it was really, I've spent most of my life being ill from one thing, another from chronic sore throats and earaches when I was really small. And so yeah, I got really ill and ended up with ME and in looking for a way to be well again. Yeah, I came across this amazing teaching, the teaching of ascension as taught by the Bright Path of Shires. And it's been, it's like I found my tribe, like like I came home, like the people there are very quirky like me, often have been on the edge of things and rebels, like you you feel like a fish out of water in life in, in, in a way. For me, being in a shire has been coming home to myself and enabling me to to breathe easily, to rest easily in my own skin, and yeah, actually find some excitement in my life before before I became an ashire, I was really very depressed, incredibly anxious. Even being able to do this interview with now, now with you, I, there's no way I'd have been able to do it. I just wouldn't have wanted to be videoed for a start. I used to avoid that like the plague. <laughs> so for me, yeah, really, I think it was the ill health and that burning desire for there to be more in life. So much of life is just feels hard, feels stressful. And if it's not that, it's boring. And so (laughs) I'm one of those people who's very curious and I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this. So I did a whole bunch of searching on reading books and going to workshops and stuff. And then it finally led me to the Ashires. And I'm continuing to explore, but it's more of an inner journey now.
0: (laughs) Got it. And I think when we all I'm going to say we, but I think uh, a lot of social media portrays monks as the robes and then shaving of their heads and in solitude, just meditating a life of peace. So what? how does that differ from what social media portrays as a monk to what an actual Ishaya monk is?
1: Very different, actually. It's sometimes we call ourselves modern day monks because although it's a very ancient practice, it's very applicable and things have changed through the decades so that when time has passed, we would have been in a monastery. And so now we're out in the world. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. As you said, I was a graphic designer. So I'm just a normal everyday person, really. And a Shia monk is somebody who, for for a start, we don't differentiate between male and female. There's not nuns and monks. We're all monks. But it's really just the fact that we want peace, but we also want clarity. Mm. We want freedom. And we want kindness in the world. We want everyone to be able to be themselves and let go of all that judgment. So the practice that we use and teach enables you to, to go beyond the thinking mind. So you can have a very pure, clear experience of, of just pure awareness and being present now. And so we prioritize that. We take vows and, but for me, the vows are like no brainer, like nonviolence, non-stealing, truthfulness, they were my core values anyway. So for me, it was a very natural process to just live that, prioritize that. And that's really, for me, what an Ashire is.
0: That's amazing. And just having that type of lifestyle of inner peace and really wanting to just be positive and share that with others, I think, is something that we all do want to achieve. And we all want to get that, but we get so distracted with materialistic things or like the grudges or people cutting us off in traffic <laughs> that we just get, we lean into the anger, and into the bad feelings or not necessarily bad. I don't think feelings are bad, but the more negative feelings that kind of brings us down, is there any things that you do to stay on the flip side and think things more positively?
1: Yeah. So in, in truth, we go beyond thinking. Thinking is like a roller coaster. There's positive thoughts and then there's negative thoughts. And we're mm. like on this roller coaster through life, aren't we? And the, the mind, it's like the mind is running the show. And so our practice is about going beyond the mind. It's yes. a practice of ascension, which means going above or beyond. And so you can actually, in a way, we're training our minds. You go to the gym to train your muscles. It's an awareness muscle here. And we refine our awareness muscle and strengthen it through using the techniques, which are mechanical and automatic. So you haven't got to visualize anything. You haven't got to do any breathing techniques. You simply think it and you're present and with an expanded awareness. And then as you rinse and repeat, you start to sustain that experience. And so we actually do about six months, sometimes more training before we, we are able to teach the techniques so that we're teaching from a really solid, stable place ourselves. So it's not about the concepts anymore. We all want peace. We all want love. We all want freedom. But it's going beyond that as a a state of being, rather than just a fleeting feeling that goes up and down. Step off the Mm merry-go-round, off the roller coaster and are able to be in a very grounded, spacious experience of peace and live our life from there and, and speak from there. So then it's like there's pure speech and pure action, not tainted by the mind's judgments. So we're actually free then to live from our values, you to say yes when you want to say yes and no when you want to say no and be kind even when someone's really rude to you because you're not in that triggered state of being anymore. You go beyond being triggered, which is quite remarkable for me because I used to be incredibly triggered. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd flip into anger so, so quickly and um, more the anger was with my, with the people I felt safe with. I could be ultra polite to people outside of the house, but. Then I'd keep my distance to them. There wasn't that sense of connection. So it's quite a lonely place to be. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that I found this teaching and I'm able to access a, it's like a whole different operating mode. Forget yeah. the up and down. You, you just, and it's not boring. It's so en- enlivening and fresh and brand new in every moment because you're present. You're actually here. You're not listening to, essentially the voice in the head is just a radio station blaring out that we're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And as you get a little bit of space in between you and that voice and you start to recognize that you're not that, you're the awareness of that, then it's easier. Life's easier.
0: It's interesting that you say that because I just had an interview with someone and she was saying both you and her have the commonality of you have to take yourself out of like the forefront of where you're going and you look at the bigger picture. What she referred to it was a dream state. You're out of the physical, more in the dream state, looking at everything as a whole so that you're not too attached to what's going on because i think a lot of us like you said we get attached with the feelings of the roller coaster up and down but you really need to take yourself out of that not take life so seriously in every single moment like it's not that it's not that big okay so something happened minor that and it can be a minor inconvenience it shouldn't ruin the rest of your day the rest of your life just because of something small don't hold on to those grudges just think of the bigger picture and what kind of like how life is going there's always a bright side to everything as well as a downside it's just where do you want to focus your energy to
1: definitely and i think because you essentially are practicing mastering your mind and you're Mm -hmm. coming back to the pure awareness state you actually step out of that reactive state and you stay there so i don't have to actually think positively anymore it's like the thinking comes back in again i see it and then i choose and i come back to this moment. And we miss so much when we're thinking. I often think about it when we're, when I'm driving, the times that there's close calls is when I'm thinking. Mm. I'm not as attentive to what is happening here and now when there's any thinking going on. It is. It's really your attention is partially on the thinking mind. And I think we get very identified with the thinking mind, that we are the thinker of the thoughts. And Probably a lot of people listening to this are well, well yeah, I am, <laughs> uh, and I think until you start to see beyond that as an experience, then it's just a theoretical understanding which you'll buy into and believe, or, or you won't. Um, but for me, when there's thinking, I'm not here now. I've my tension's faded from this moment, and so it's really cultivating a greater awareness within, mm-hmm. and then that is the foundation. For a very full awareness here now. So you automatically see the bigger picture. It's like what needs to be said is it's said. What needs to be done is done. And I don't second guess myself as much anymore. And it's like you you, you go and buy light bulbs just before the light goes. So yeah. it's like you're operating from intuition now rather than mm-hmm. trying to plan your day through thinking. And you'll see, I still plan my day. I still make, make lists. So I turn up on time for things. But it's a very short amount of time. I do what I need to do. Um, and and really that awareness is still very full on through, throughout all of that.
0: We get into this automatic negative thoughts that kind of goes into our head. And they are the drivers. We are not necessarily always driving the machine. We're always driving the, our mind. Sometimes those automatic negative thoughts go in and they start driving our actions. And these are thoughts that are not even ours. Sometimes there are what societal norms have brought in or our religion or our family members or friends or people around us. They start influencing the way that we think. And these negative thoughts start going in like you're not good enough. You shouldn't do that. Or uh, why? What's the point of that? Don't put yourself out there. And those can be so powerful if we lean into them. But the longer you stay in your mind thinking, the worse they get. So I do the fact that you said, just do action. Just do it. Try not to be in there as often and be in the present because all of these are hypotheticals that are not, may or may not happen, but you won't know unless you actually put yourself out there and just do the thing that you need to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. And for me, it's simplified life. Life is so much easier and more simple because I'm only ever doing what's in front of me here now. Mm. Sure, I still go off on thought sometimes. I'm not pretending that I'm enlightened or anything, but it, it doesn't hook my attention for very long. And I, and I love the, the ability to that. And even people who've just learned these techniques, it's not like I've been practicing these since 2010 and mm-hmm. teaching since 2012. But it's consciousness is expanding. And so those that are coming to learn now, it's like they're way more advanced than I was when I came to (laughs) learn. as consciousness expands, it's expanding for everybody. And any one of us becomes more present and we're doing that for everybody. So for me, it's that gift that we obviously, we get to receive for ourselves, but it's really more about giving that experience away and, and helping others so that they can raise their level of awareness, their conscious awareness and have an easier life too.
0: I love that. I completely love that. And I hope to get to that level of thinking one day. I know that's not ne- you're never going to get to perfection, but at least as close of consistency as possible. Because that's something that I'm still working on is growth mindset, having really a positive mindset and not allowing the little small things get to me. So I aim to get to that point. In life, we all go through several transitions. And you just mentioned a few that you've went through the, this whole mindset change the into the whole ashaya monk lifestyle and how was, let me actually rephrase that. What would you you say was the most shocking transition that you went through that kind of, you weren't really expecting to happen?
1: I I think the hardest thing I've had to go through is when my ribs were broken. Broken ribs are horrible, but the way my ribs were broken, I was actually beaten. So it was uh, by by somebody quite close in my life. I, I won't say who, but so, there wasn't just the physical injury there there was also the emotional
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> massive overwhelm with what had happened and how it had happened, and also then the fallout afterwards. You, you expect somebody to be remorseful and shocked and apologetic, and it was the, the absolute opposite it, it, The blame was turned on me, and that's probably the hardest thing i've had to live through. It was after i'd become an asshire monk, so I think. We can still, we can have this idea that life's going to be easy, but challenges will always come to us. But for me, I find that the challenges are what help us grow. The, the challenges are, are, are what show us where we're holding on to something in a way the world and everything in it is a mirror for us. Mm. And so this was like a really, <laughs> this was a really big event in my life that totally shook me to the core. And in actual fact, it's been an amazing thing that happened. Like I wouldn't wish it to have not happened. I'm really grateful that it did. It actually blew open a relationship with somebody and the relationship is now much nicer. It's much kinder. I realized I was actually, funnily enough, afraid of them before the event happened and after I'm no longer afraid of them, strangely, Mm -hmm. because it's like it cracked open the dynamics of the relationship and allowed it to change. And I think if I haven't been very practiced where my attention is and to not uh, judge the person, but at the same time, st- stand up for myself, that is not acceptable. This is not happening again. So it really empowered me. It enabled me to step up
0: hmm.
1: and recognize where there were some dysfunctional patterns in the relationship and say no to to some things, to put some boundaries in place. And so actually the relationship now is all forgiven and and moved on and it's, there's still some sticky patches within that relationship, but it's it's such a different place now than I was before that I'm grateful that it happened as horrible as the event was and and as traumatic as the injury was and the, the emotion. Yeah. of surrounding it all, I'm, I'm really grateful that it happened, actually. And I think everything that's difficult in our lives, it's either a good story to tell later on, or it's something that enables us to step up and go, that's not okay. Or I want this. I want more of this. I think it really helps hone our, our direction in life or what we actually truly want out of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think what you did is big because a lot of people cut relationships after something like that or took happen and you decided to continue it so if someone is going through maybe a similar situation as you currently what what would you say some piece of advice that could be their first steps to go through the healing process and make it out of that situation
1: although I'm in the relationships good now initially I took space and I think this is really important for us if there is a difficult relationship when and where you can is to be able to take space. And you can do that in lots of little ways. But the other, I think the most important thing that I did was I asked for help. I didn't try and live through this on my own. I had a, an amazing group of pe- people. I have a spiritual teacher. So I reached out to him. It took me two weeks to actually <laughs> reach out to him, strangely enough, because I did go almost like into my cave, lick my wounds. I was obviously in a lot of pain. And, and so it was a traumatic experience to live through. But then, when I, I I really recognized, I need help. I can't do this on my own, and, and why would I want to? And so, to ask for help, but also to to find your tribe, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To find the group of people who you haven't got to have that mask on for that group of people who accept you exactly as you are right now. That group of people who support you, who love you, who encourage you. Every eccentricity that you have, every weirdness that you have, and they love it and they want you to shine your light and keep shining your light to find that group of people that can support you. And they might be very different from you or they might be similar to you. But for me, it's the group of people who are my tribe, are all very diverse and different from all different countries, backgrounds, (laughs) languages, cultures, and yet we all have that common thread of we want kindness. We want authenticity. We want compassion. We want freedom. And so to find that group of people and to ask for help in the moment I needed it, that is, I think, will get anybody through any situation.
0: Yeah, I agree. And sometimes asking for help is one of the hardest steps that one needs to do. It's admitting to yourself that, I I can't do this alone. Or it's not even that you can't, you shouldn't do this alone. Mm. A lot of people think that in life, you are the only person you need to rely on. But there's so many other people, once you find your tribe, like you're saying, let pain can be shared through other with other people. So why not allow them to help you carry that pain and help you get through it and give you the advice and the tools that you need to get through it. And you never know, maybe somebody's going through the same thing that you are going through, and maybe they need that help too, but they haven't had that courage. So by you sharing, you're then allowing the other person to also be vulnerable and you both can heal together.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and for, I used to hate asking for help. <laughs> I really did not like it at all. It was actually like I felt like I'd failed if I couldn't handle everything on my own. I really was very resourceful and very resilient. And I wanted to I think it was like a controlling trait in me. I wanted to be able to do everything and it was almost a sense of failure if I couldn't. And I think the first step for me is to receive the help that's offered <laughs> because people want to help. People love to help. It's actually a very rewarding thing to do, to give help. And actually, I was some of the people that I was saying no to that were offering me help, they feel rejected. Like There's such yeah. a beautiful sense of connection when you actually receive help. Actually, even if you don't really need it, yeah. Because it's giving that person that, that joy and that sense of responsibility and self-worth themselves if you receive their help. So that, that was definitely my first step was just saying, yes, please, when people <laughs> offer help to me, regardless of whether I thought I needed it or not, because I would often push people away to keep myself safe in my little comfort zone. And I had a very strong defense mechanism. Though.
0: I, I agree. And this goes far beyond just yourself. Like you said, People want have that natural want, but you also have to think, what are you doing when you say no? So if you're saying, no, I don't want that help, one, it doesn't matter if you need it. Anything that can be done is usually easier with other people. So they'll you'll get that task or whatever you're getting done faster. And two, you're also teaching the other person to continue to be empathetic, to continue to look out for others. Because... If maybe if they got in a lot of no's and they're like, what's the point if everybody always says no, and then they stop at suggesting help. And when somebody, when you really need it, they're not going to ask because you've consistently said no, or other people around them said no. So it's really building that community of yes, sure. Let's work together. It's okay Mm -hmm. to show weaknesses. It's okay to be vulnerable and show people these sides. There's no point in being strong alone if you're going to continue being in isolation. Let's rather show your inner shell and let's build a community where you're able to be vulnerable with these individuals and really show your true colors so that whether you really need the help or you're not, at least they know you and they can understand you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's so much connection in that as well. And I think connection is healing. Mm -hmm. I think two people just sharing. And I know when I've had help offered and I've received it when I was first learning to say, yes, please that that it's a two-way street the person who came and i think they offered a massage or something i'd sprained my ankle and they were we, we were on a um, a meditation retreat and she'd been sent to me because she was in her head and mm. one of the ways to get yourself out of your head is to give service so they're like go and help mira go and and they didn't say what to do just go and see her and offer her help in some way or another and it was a very good thing because it taught both of us a, a really good lesson because i had a lovely massage which was really nice And she was biting on something. She was struggling with something. And so she was sharing that. And then I shared my own experience and that really helped her with what she was struggling with. And so it was like we helped each other within that. And then the connection and the bond that you make with someone. Because for both of us, we were in a very vulnerable place. And Mm -hmm. so it was lovely to be able to open up and talk with somebody that I might not have actually spoken with. Otherwise, because she was very quiet and I was quite shy too. You don't always connect with the People so readily when if you're both shy,
0: I completely agree. And yeah, and it's you just open a brand new opportunity of creating a friendship that you never would have had, like you said, unless you tried. That's amazing. (laughs) And with all of the knowledge that you've gained so far, if you were to go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself?
1: I think for me, it would be to say, "There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with me." I think I felt like there was something intrinsically wrong with me. I was always on the edge of groups at school. I was bullied a lot at school as well. And I really felt I didn't fit in, that people didn't like me. And so I learned that there was something wrong with me, that everyone else seemed to know the rules of life. It, it really felt like everyone else had been given this book mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and these instructions and nobody had given them to me. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I, didn't, I just didn't seem to understand the rules within the, certainly the school environment. And alongside of that would be for me is to look for the answers within. Mm. I think we so often look to the outside world for solutions and to feel good about ourselves, to be validated by other people. Seeking love, for example, love isn't something that we give and receive. It's it's not something you trade. It's this natural state of being that's within us. And when we connect in with our own self, our own Experience, if if you like, it's like we're the essence of love and we're searching for it on the outside and we keep missing it (laughs) because we're looking in the wrong place. And when you come back to your own heart and you look within and you find yourself and you explore yourself, you really get to know who and what you are, connect with love, and then it shows up on the outside. So for me, (laughs) I wish I had known earlier that not to keep looking to others to validate me, not to look to somebody else for love. For me, it's like it's within. I explore it here. And then people just are loving towards you. It just changes that that dynamic. Because I think so often we look in the wrong place for things. We we look for the end result. We look for the the external expression of what's happening within us. Um Mm -hmm. and and when we can turn that around and come back and explore within to that, the pure awareness, the stillness and silence within us, then it just, everything lines up in the world around you much more readily and you slip into the flow then you're not trying to be liked anymore. And Mm -hmm. so you tend to find that people like you because I think the people we like, the people we admire, those that are more comfortable and confident within themselves, aren't they? When they're just being authentic. The best art in the world is when somebody's, regardless of whether they're in a traumatized state or a happy state, is when they literally share the experience they're having right now unedited. I've spent so much of my life with a mask on and editing and and nobody's liked me for that. And then when I took the mask off and put my heart back on my sleeve, which is where it was happier anyway, I I find that people warm to me more. I'm not trying so hard to be liked and, and fit in. I'm more comfortable in my own skin. And that for me, allows other people to be comfortable in their own skin. and I learned to be that way by hanging out with people who'd already learned to be that way. So it's like we learn to be that way and then we share it so others can see it's possible too.
0: I love that. And yeah, it's just being yourself, being your authentic self and not thinking something's wrong with you. And I I felt the same way. I was also bullied in high school um, to the point where I even became suicidal, just because I just didn't want to keep going through that. And um, it was really hard to navigate through life, not knowing and I was people wouldn't even know because I was actually very popular in high school. I was well known. And but I still had a group of people that would bully me around. So I had this like mask on, like you said, pretending everything's okay, trying to blend in assimilate. But inside, it was like that little sad clown face, like really showing the opposite side. So it's wasn't until college when I really found who I was. And even after college, actually, in my most recent years that I actually really honed into who Jaime is and who I am and how to be my authentic self, I really started truly being happy and uh, started getting people around me that actually I want to be around me, found my clan. And it took some time, but it is a heavy process to go through.
1: When we find ourselves, it just enables us to have a much more rested experience Mm -hmm. like we it it takes the trying and the controlling out of the experience i think doesn't it and yeah i I love authenticity and i think everybody like the diversity of everybody in the world i I think everybody has their natural skill set and talents and way of of speaking and expressing and being in the world and i think if we encourage that every every problem that we have that needs to be solved in the world will be solved by, by allowing everyone to simply be themselves. Cause otherwise the school environment at the moment, it, it, it's like this cookie cutter thing, isn't it? it, it everybody's all, all robots, like we're all having to regurgitate knowledge and that's not wisdom is a heart centered experience. And I think we have access to all the wisdom in the world when we get to know ourselves, when we get to be ourselves. And then we get to then live our purpose, live the role that we're meant to live. And and I think, I don't think anything's an accident. I think the experiences I have being bullied, I think have all contributed to the experience and the person I am now. I really wouldn't have it. At one point I would have, the old me would have said, no, I want it all to be different, I wish that hadn't happened. If that hadn't happened, life would be easier. And now I'm recognizing that I'm glad all that happened. It's grown a sense of empathy, of, of kindness. And a really strong desire for us to do it differently, for us to accept each other, to respect each other, and to harness those skills and talents that we all have. Teamwork's always more effective than when we do stuff on our own.
0: Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you. I think if I had to go back and relive my life, I think I would go the same route. And when I was younger, I wish certain things didn't happen to me. But because of those incidents, those events, I have the enlightenment that I have now. I have the compassion, the empathy. In a sense, they really did push me all the way down to rock bottom. But because of that, it gave me this wonderful opportunity to regrow the way that I wanted to grow and the way set the foundation that I wanted to have, not what other people put on top for me to have. So from having starting from nothing, it's a blessing because not everybody has that. Some people are put in life with certain privileges or certain things that this is the expectation you have to go. And if you are taking everything away and you start from a blank slate, then you have the opportunity to re- be reborn in the way that you want to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. And for me, one of the things I tell my children is that rejection is redirection. Because I think sometimes we want things or like, for example, any relationships that we've had with past partners, we've either rejected or been rejected unless you're with the first person that you've ever met. And it's really been a strong sense for me that all of that rejection has just redirected me to what is meant for me. When one door closes, another door opens. And so stop banging on the the, the closed door and, and look for the open door. Because life is always redirecting us to what our heart truly wants, I think. And it's then just being open enough and aware enough and, and willing to try something different than you so that you can mm-hmm. recognize what you're actually wanting actually might be a grander version that your mind can ever come up with. Sometimes we force through life, don't we? And we really try and get a certain result. And yet it seems to be getting a no all the time. And it can feel like there's something wrong with you because you're being told no all the time. And then really mm-hmm. it's just like trying to nudge you towards someone else, towards something else. Um, and, and I think also to access you know, that passion within you, that excitement within you, that truth within you that wants to come out, wants to be expressed.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And can I go with your door, open door, cl- um, closed door analogy? I, I really do think that life is like a puzzle piece. And sometimes when we're so fixated on fixing that certain piece of the puzzle, that we ignore all the other pieces that are around where we could have fix other pieces of the square. And I'm thinking like the, like a hundred piece puzzle, like a very simplistic, I don't think, well, not simplistic, the whole landscape of the puzzles, because those things can be pretty intense. But when you start with nothing and you start putting it together and and you're like, I need to fix this pieces, but it's really, it can be very overwhelming when you see all these different pieces and you're like, how do I figure it out? And you may figure it out, but it may take 10 times longer for you to get through that path that you want. And it'll be very difficult. But there's other paths you could have taken that could have helped you take that path in the long run. So don't think that just because that's the only path that you feel is available, take a step back, get out of your head and look at all the different opportunities. Like you said, all the different windows and doors that are still around you that you can take. It's just don't narrow yourself because when we narrow ourselves, then life gets a lot more difficult than it needs to be.
1: Yeah, it does. It's like we wear blinkers, isn't it? And Mm. it's what we want is the other side of the blinker (laughs) and we're just turning our head or we even take the blinkers off and then you can see it all and and you can choose much more readily. Like you've got, when we've got our contracted down narrow awareness and we're focused on something and so intent on it, we can only access what's within that narrow band of vision or awareness. And Mm -hmm. and so when we become more heart-centered and allow, like the the heart is the better compass than the mind, really. Mm -hmm. The linear thinking mind is fantastic. It's very useful for lots of applications. But I think for what direction we're going on, I think the heart knows best. And it's more spatial awareness then so that you could actually see all of the opportunities. And then you've got like a hundred opportunities rather than just one or two in your narrow band of exactly of awareness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. And I would love to dive more into this, but we're running out of time. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to ask you the last question that I ask all of my guests, which is the whole premise of this podcast. Every person goes through a a, a transition and they're really trying to find what their purpose is and trying to find their happiness. And I call that the unicorn transformation. So what piece of advice would you say to listeners that could either get them started with the unicorn transformation or they can start focusing to start their unicorn transformation to happiness?
1: I think for me, willingness. Will- willingness has been the greatest tool for me. The willingness to try something new. The willingness to let go of something that no longer serves. The, the willingness to have a flexible approach, a-, a flexible attitude. And the willingness to laugh, to stop taking life so seriously and personally So willingness for me, I think certainly my own experience has allowed me (laughs) to achieve so much more and so much more gently as well so that you ride through life a little bit more (laughs) with ease and grace and enjoyment. And I think that the willingness to step outside of your comfort zone, the willingness to look at life brand new. Stop, pause, take a step back. What's really going on? And so that for me, the willingness has, has made a, a, a big difference to me. And, and sometimes that's the willingness to keep going baby step by baby step when life is hard. When we do keep going, there's only failure if we don't get back up again. If life knocks you down, just get back up, keep going. Ask for help, that baby step at a time. And then before you know it, all the help you need and lots of opportunities just all come towards you. Like the river of grace is always flowing towards us. And it's just having the, the open and willing approach so that you get to see it. You get to receive the abundance that wants to, to flow into your life.
0: Yeah. I completely love that. The willingness to do everything essentially like giving and letting go and accepting and letting go, I should say, but thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. I really do appreciate all of your words of wisdom. And if anybody wants to keep in touch with you or get in contact with you or just has questions, how can they do so?
1: Probably my website's the best way to, to find me. So, for example, my books are on there and the website is boundless-meditation.co.uk. So I'm in the UK. And then there's an email where they can connect with me. My email and everything's in the back of my books as well, which you can find on Amazon.
0: Perfect. And for the listeners, you can always go in the show notes and all of the links will be placed there as well. And if you go on my website, you go under the Unicorn Wall of Fame, you'll actually see Mira on there with her picture and all the links. And just a friendly reminder, all episodes come out every Friday at 7am. And don't forget to leave us a five star review so that this can continue getting pushed out to many others. Mira, thank you so much for your time and all of your wisdom. And I really appreciate everything.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing being on here and having a chat with you. Yeah, you're very insightful and I love what you're doing. I love the the theme uh, of your <laughs> podcast. I think it's amazing to to bring that, what we all want to talk about, but in a very flamboyant and creative way. <laughs> it gets people's attention, you know, it gets them to get the juices flowing and and actually go for what they want.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And until next time. (laughs) Bye.